quality vinyl in good condition for our annual music sale. Email manager at wjffradio.org. If you love books, you'll love Shelf Life, in which I talk to celebrated guests about their life and some of their favorite reads. On the next Shelf Life, acclaimed nutritionist Marion Nessel talks about her troubled childhood as a red diaper baby in pre-war New York and why she thinks everyone should read Sidney Mintz's book, Sweetness and Power, The Place of Sugar in Modern History. Join me, Aaron Hicklin, Sundays at noon on WJFF Radio Catskill. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Majestic Farm, specializing in organic apples and pasture-raised heritage meats. Open all year for contact-free meat pickup, MajesticFarm.com. From Rourke Law, Liberty, New York, a general law practice serving the Catskills and Delaware River Valley with an emphasis on estate planning, estate administration, elder law, and real property matters. RourkeLaw.com. Welcome to the local edition news and information keeping you connected in the Catskills in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dole. It's Thursday night. Coming up, we'll be talking to Pedro Tweed about a program that he's doing at the E.B. Crawford Library. It's actually postponed the other night due to weather, which gives us a chance to talk to you about it tonight. Talking about giving thanks. Let's get things started, though, by uh, getting some New York State-level news. Governor Kathy Hochul is getting pressure from environmental activists to sign a law that would impose a two-year moratorium on a type of crypto mining that uses large amounts of energy to make bitcoins. You may have heard of bitcoin mining. But as Karen DeWitt reports, the governor is not tipping her hand on whether or not she will sign the measure or veto the measure. Karen DeWitt has more. The state legislature approved the bill in June. It would put a two-year hold on the state issuing air permits to companies who want to buy up old fossil fuel plants and convert them to what's known as proof-of-work crypto mining. The process uses large amounts of energy to power computers to solve complex equations to mine the bitcoins. Under the legislation, the state's Department of Environmental Conservation would use the two-year pause to conduct a study into the environmental impacts of the industry. Groups, including the Sierra Club and Earth Justice, staged a demonstration outside Governor Hochul's New York City offices, asking her to immediately sign the bill. Earth Justice's Liz Moran says the energy-intensive process hampers the state's ability to meet carbon emission reduction goals designed to fight climate change. There should be no hesitancy from Governor Hochul to sign this legislation to law. It aligns so well with the actions that the state has already rightly been taking. Hochul was asked about the crypto mining moratorium shortly after winning election to a full term as governor earlier this month. She says the measure is one of hundreds of bills that she will review and act on in the coming weeks. People wonder where I am. You don't see me out there. Find me behind my desk, surrounded by my team, reading hundreds and hundreds of pages of bills. And so we have a couple of weeks. I will give, I'll give this one prediction. 
will all be known and settled by midnight December 31st. The Bitcoin industry is against the moratorium, saying it would prevent New York from creating more jobs in the industry. Hochul's campaign was endorsed by a union that represents workers associated with the plants. Hochul's Department of Environmental Conservation has taken some steps, though, to stall the burgeoning industry. On June 30th, the DEC denied the renewal of an air emission permit for the Greenwich Power Plant on Seneca Lake in the Finger Lakes. The company converted an old coal-burning plant to natural gas and in recent years has used the plant's power to fuel proof-of-work Bitcoin mining. The agency cited the dramatic increase in greenhouse gas emissions from the facility as one of the reasons to deny the permit. Some residents have long complained that the crypto mining plant is incompatible with the wine and related tourism businesses that have flourished in the region. Joseph Campbell is with Seneca Lake Guardian, a group that's trying to protect the lake and lobbied for the moratorium. New York's wine industry generates $2.4 billion in taxes for New York and $6.65 billion in direct economic activity. The wine and agritourism industry in the, in the Finger Lakes alone employs 60,000 people and brings in $3 billion for New York State. Greenwich's operations threaten all of that, and they only employ at most 48 people. The group is also concerned about a former coal-burning plant in Tonawanda near Buffalo that could become a second Bitcoin mining facility if there's no moratorium. The Bitcoin industry's profits have declined steeply in recent months. According to Greenwich's third quarter report, the company lost almost $30 million compared to the same time period last year. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt. And this is Radio Catskills Local Edition right here on the airwaves. And thank you to Karen DeWitt, New York State Public Radio, for that report. Right now, we're going to do what we usually do on a Thursday evening. At the beginning of the program, we check in with Wayne County. Our regular update, find out what's happening there. The Cooperage Project, Cooperage Project and Wayne Tomorrow Agricultural Task Force of Wayne Tomorrow started the Farmer to Farmer program as a way for new, beginning, and seasoned farmers to share their experiences and information. This weekend, two programs are scheduled. The first is Beekeeping 101, and that's on Sunday. And then on Monday, there will be a program on growing market opportunities this spring. Here to tell us more, it's Jenna Mauder. Ag and Food Program Director for the Cooperage. Jenna, welcome back to the program. Hi, good evening. Thanks for having us. So um, these these are back-to-back um, programs that are happening. Are they both happening at the Cooperage? Uh, we have one happening at the Cooperage, and the other one's going to happen at a Here and Now Brewing Company in town. Um, you know, a great artisan pizza restaurant, you know, that has local product right on the, on top of their pies. Um, so we're going to treat our, our farmers and food businesses and ag advocates to some pizza on Monday night when we're talking about the market opportunities. Um, it will be at the Cooperage for the beekeeping one that's going to be hosted by the Wayne County Beekeepers Association. Well, let's start with that one then. Let's start by releasing the bees, right? At the opposite yeah. of releasing the bees. Let's keep the bees. What can you tell us about yeah. the beekeeping session? You know, this is um, something that the Beekeeping Association puts on every year. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're really happy to have it in our in our building and open it up to, 
you know, anyone who's really looking at beekeeping as a hobby, um, but for farmers and food businesses, if you're looking to, you know, Im- improve and enhance the biodiversity on your on your property, or if you're a landowner that wants to, you know, kind of support biodiversity on your property, um, or if you want to expand a business, or like I said, start a hobby, you know, this is really open to anyone who wants to get more information about beekeeping and all the ins and outs. Right. And um, will they will they have, you know, things to demonstrate, maybe not the bees there? Will they have some of the accoutrements of, of beekeeping? Yeah. Uh, Orna Kloon is the instructor for that, and she's been a beekeeper for eight years. Um, she's, a, I think, a, a PA Farm Show the judge, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, so she's really knowledgeable. She brings... Uh, lots of materials out to make it an immersive experience. Um, so they'll have some of the equipment that you'll need to get started and, uh, you know, really tell you where you can get your bees, you know, where you can get your equipment and everything you'll need to know um, to start this in your backyard. Right. That's great. And then uh, right the next night, like you said, you're going to, you're going to go out and, and have another session that's just about, growing market opportunities this spring. What are the types of things you're going to be going over there? So we're, the Cooper Project is really excited um, about a, a project that we're getting going uh, with, with our Wayne Tomorrow partners. The uh, food pantry has been helping out with this. The Area Agency on Aging has been helping out with this. Um, a bunch of organizations have been instrumental in uh, helping us uh, get started on a mobile farmer's market. So we are going to be looking to purchase products from our local producers and uh, take those um, delicious vegetables and fruits and milk and meats, um, put it into a van and bring it around to places um, that folks maybe aren't able to get out quite as much. So our senior apartment complexes and senior centers, um, places where transportation is already bringing and gathering people to uh, some of the hubs in our communities like libraries um, and, you know, try to get some of these farm fresh products a little bit more accessible uh, to people that want to buy them. So we're going to be talking about increasing productivity, you know, here in the area. And that's, that's a real neat idea. Where, where did it, where'd that idea come from? Have you talked to other communities who have tried similar things? Yeah, there's there's something that we can you can find nationwide. Um, they're you know used in Europe in urban areas you know to bring markets into into close knit communities. Um, you know for rural capacity, you know we're really able to bring it out um, to places like I said that people are gathering so that it, we reduce the the need for them to drive out. Uh, we'll bring it to them where it's a little bit closer um, to where they're already traveling through. Um, we uh, see that one in Cornell. I uh, just actually have a interview coming up or a little conversation coming up with Cornell Cooperative Extension. They have a mobile market as well. That's great. You know, and just yesterday, um, uh, Group Healthy New York released a study on impacts of food insecurity 
it, not just in urban areas, but in urban, suburban and mm-hmm. rural areas and underscoring, you know, how uh, just as certain communities can be underserved, uh, demographic yeah. groups and racial groups can get underserved, uh, but also just, you know, communities and there's different impacts on rural areas and there are on urban areas. And that's something we're going to be mm-hmm. digging in on more on both sides of the river as we continue to look at food insecurity. But I know that folks at the Cooperage have always been on top of that. And of course, this is also about the commerce end of things about if, you know, yeah. if there's one thing that can keep local farms going, that's been shown uh, in recent years, it's just diversifying our approach and staying nimble and getting creative. Yeah, creating more opportunities. And that's really what Monday night is going to be all about. You know, we also invite um, farmers and, and food businesses and advocates to bring their ideas on, you know, what we can do to improve, um, you know, like you said, the economic side of it, but also the social side of it to serve the people that want to buy local. So we started accepting SNAP benefits at our Main Street Farmers Market. That happens every Saturday, 11 to 1. Um, and we have uh, grant funding from William E. Chalos Foundation that actually also supported the mobile market coming up. Um, so we can give an extra $10 to SNAP EBT beneficiaries when they um, swipe their card at our table um, before they do their shopping. So they get their dollars converted into market vouchers that they can use with our vendors, and we give them a, a little extra to make it you know, more equitable. Okay, great. We're going to have to get going here in another minute, but before we do, let's just uh, you know remind people what we're talking about. Uh, two different events that are going on this coming Sunday and Monday. Uh, do people need to register? We would like them to register for the um, beekeeping workshop on Sunday, and you can register with Anita Avisado. Um, her contact information is on our website under the program description. You can also find the events on Facebook. Um, Monday night, you do not need to register uh, here and now, we'll make as many pizzas as we need them to. Whoever's uh, you know going to be there and joining in the conversation with us. Okay, great. And let's remind people uh, where where your website is. You're talking about the Cooperage website. Yep, they can find all this information at thecooperageproject.org or on our Facebook page. Okay, great. And the website for Wayne Tomorrow as well is waynetomorrow.com. And we've been having a great conversation here with Jenna Motter, Ag and Food Program Director for the Cooperage. Jenna, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us tonight about all these great things you got going on. Yeah, thanks for all the information that you get out there to everybody, Jason. All right, great. Have a good night. You take care. Okay, this is a local edition. We're going to take a quick, quick break, and we will be right back with more. You are listening to the local edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. And taking a quick look at the weather tonight, uh, going to be clear and cool. Just a few clouds overnight low down to 23. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow morning with increasing clouds through the afternoon. High only getting up to 35. Partly cloudy tomorrow night and much colder with an overnight low in the upper teens. Overnight low of around 18. This is a local edition. And up next right now, uh, we're talking about another upcoming event. Pedro Tweed. We've spoken to him on the program before. He's an author, owner of Tweeds Gymnastics, co-host of Tweed Talks, became an inspirational and assault prevention speaker. 
recent recipient of the Community Service Award from the NAACP for his continued years of community service. Also recently won an award from the Sullivan County Chamber of Commerce. He has a lecture coming up next week at the EB Crawford Library in Monticello. It's happening Tuesday, November 22nd at 6 p.m. Radio Catskills Patricio Robio had a chance to catch up with Pedro earlier today. Here's that conversation now. Ha! Ah, motivated to help people because um, when I was a kid and growing up, uh, people motivated me, you know. And no matter how difficult the time I was going to, you know, I saw somebody that was succeeding. And because of that, I wanted to help other people. So I started, uh, you know, when I started teaching gymnastics, when people were having difficulty and, you know, and having problem then i started to write things down and you writing things down led to you publishing a book correct right and the way it happened is that when i was going to competition i was thinking about these things you know to to help the kids and then i started to write it down and that's why the name of the book is called freeway because i was on the freeway on the way to a competition and and these thoughts were coming to me you know we deal in gymnastics we deal with a lot of different things you know it's not just a physical thing, but it's, it's a mental thing. And, and in order to feel comfortable with the skill, you have to master your, your mind, you know. So I started to think about ways to motivate the kids to, so they could feel comfortable when they went to compete. And that's how those thoughts came up on um, Freeway. Right. And that's your, your book called Freeway, which stands for Finding Room Enough to Evaluate Who You Are, right? That's that's correct, right? Finding room because a, a lot of times it's that we false, falsely evaluate ourselves. You know, a lot of times people put themselves down, uh, even when they have talent. I see very talented gymnasts and say, "Oh, oh no, you know, I'm not good. I can't do it." And they realize that, oddly enough, after they leave gymnastics and they come back and, and realize, "Oh, I guess I was good." But I'm trying to make people understand the present, to be in the present. Because while you're experiencing it, you know, uh, there's doubts that are going to come out. Everybody has doubt. You know, and, and the talk that I'm giving now is a brand new talk. You know, some of the things that, that I have on the book freeway are going to be addressed. But this is a brand new because when they were asking me, I said, well, I already gave a talk. Uh, um, at the library. I don't want to give the same talk. And m I asked my wife, um, my wife said, well, why don't you talk about Thanksgiving? I said, that's what they want me to talk about. And, you know, and recently I have gone through um, a difficult time. Uh, you know, I lost my daughter and I lost my um, father-in-law. And I said, why, why do I have to talk about, why do I have to be grateful now? I mean, with all these things happening. And then I, then the title came at that moment when I was saying that to my wife, I said, I don't have nothing to be grateful about. Oh, being grateful during difficult time. So then what happened is, is that the common assumption is that everyone is thankful when things are good, but that's not always true. And also the common assumption is that when things are bad, then you're not being grateful. And I found that that's not true. So, um, because I believe that, um, like through the pandemic, right, a lot of people 
say, oh, they, that, thanks for a ban. But during the pandemic, um, while we're interviewing people on, on our show, we found out that a lot of people wrote books, wrote songs, and things like that. And I said, wow, this happened during the pandemic. You know, and at that time, you know, you're not thinking that things are, are good or, or anything like that. You're thinking things are bad. So, you know, you just assume that you're not going to be thankful. But if you think back, you got to be thankful that that happened. I know that it was a bad situation for a lot of people. But um, you got to be thankful that that happened because you, you got able to change. The the thing is, is that whether it's good or bad, the important thing is to the mindset, how you set your mind, and then you handle those things accordingly. Right, and you had to, you yourself had to put those in practice Thank recently you. because those two tragic losses you had uh, were your daughter and father-in-law. So again, I, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. You know, there's, uh, there was, um, I, I mean, no matter what, you're never going to forget your daughter, um, you know. But but at the same time, I had to think about the things that she did while she was here and how she inspired me and how she kept pushing for me to finish the next book and do this and do that. A lot of the things that she was telling me are now, you know, that I was procrastinating about. Um, now I'm putting into words again. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it's, it, it's very sad, but if you knew my daughter and the way that she inspired me that, you know, I'm going to be telling some stories about how what I just said a, a while ago is true, that um, we assume that just because you're having what well, times are now difficult, that that the common assumption is that people are always grateful, but they're not. So you're saying that the assumption is folks are grateful, are folks saying that they they pretend to be grateful? No, I say that people assume that when when times are good, that everybody is thankful, but they are but because of the inability to recognize what's good when it's there, a lot of people just take things for granted. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, for example, if you're in a good relationship, but, but you, your inability to be aware of what's good when it's there, um, you're not thankful. You just take it for granted. You know? So that's one of the examples that, that I give, that uh, sometimes when things are good, people are not being grateful or, or thankful. And then um, the other example is when things are bad, people don't realize the lesson that they're learning when things are bad. You have a talk coming up on November 22nd at 6 p.m. at the Ethelbert Crawford Library. Pedro, what are you thankful for? Right now, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm able to, uh, you know, in the last few, in this month alone, I have been speaking uh, different places, um, you know, like the college, for example. And if I'm able just to shine a light, because in dark times, people say, oh, we're living in dark times. That's one, one of my friends said that. And every time I see him speak, he, he said, oh, we're living in dark times. So if you recognize that we're living in dark times, right, bring a flashlight. Bring a flashlight, you know, because uh, if you are aware of that and you have that awareness, then you could bring a flashlight and actually bring a light to other people. So I'm grateful that I could get up in the morning and think about something good to say to inspire people, you know. And I'm grateful that people are inviting me to talk about these things because it's not every day that people will call you and say, hey, listen, will you want to come and share your thoughts? You know, we think that you're good enough to share your thoughts. So I'm grateful. I don't know where these thoughts come from. I know that I set my mind to do something good while I'm here. 
And losing my daughter also give you that urgency that you got to do the things that you procrastinate about, you know, because uh, we don't know. We really don't know how much time we have in, in this life, you know. And then when you lose somebody close to you, it gives you that sense of urgency. I have to do what I came to do here now because you don't know. I mean, the day that my daughter passed, I spoke to her in the morning. I didn't know that was her last day. And if, we, if I could impart love to everyone out there, if I could just share part of the love and the love that you have for me and the love that you have for, for people, that, that is fantastic. That's, that's the minimum that I could do, you know. But I, I want to do more now. I want to write more books and I want to inspire people. I'm making sure that they're aware of right now or the present moment. You know, as I'm speaking to you, I'm, I'm totally aware of what I'm doing right now. And I'm totally aware of what I want to do the next minute. But I, that is to inspire people. So I'm grateful that I, um, that I have a platform to, to be able to do that. You know, how don't you speak the language that well? And they're asking me to come and speak. Think about that. Yeah, no, that's perfect example. And you mentioned being in the moment and that's, you know, it's hard to do. For me personally, I know that's hard to do to stay in the moment because you're worrying about what happened yesterday. You're worrying about the future. And you also talked about not knowing when you talked to someone that, that they could be the last time for them. You spoke to your daughter that morning and, you know, unfortunately she passed away later that day. And I think about that also. I have an older parent. You know, I always talk to them and I have it back in mind. Is this today's the last time I'm going to talk to them? I don't know. I lost a parent. I lost my mother 13 years ago. It felt like it happened yesterday. And that that's where, for me, started that thought process that I don't know. I thought she was going to live forever. You know, you think your parents are invincible, but she didn't. And it made me realize that we only, we're only here for a very short time. And you don't know when the last time you will speak to someone. I could die oh, tonight. That that's that's scary, but it's, it's reality. Yeah, that is reality. And and that's that's something that that I, I value a lot because when 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 you think about the present, right? You can't be thinking about dinner while you're making breakfast. Finish breakfast first, <laughs> then you start to think about dinner, what you're gonna do for dinner, or or something else. But to be in the moment, to be present, you know, like I, I used to fight martial art, you know, and and I trained some boxers, and I and I trained gymnasts, and the minute that you miss being in the present, something bad could happen while you fight. Like if you fight in martial art and you're thinking, oh, uh, next week, you could get kicked right there <laughs> or, or something could happen. And the same thing in gymnastics, you can't let go of the, of the high bar and be thinking about next week competition. You got to be present. So as an athlete, you have to be present in the moment all the time. And then the more awareness you have, like, for example, people are not paying attention today. They're walking around with the, with the phone like they're in a trance, you know. And when you're doing that, you're missing all the beautiful things and that, that are happening around you. I don't know if you know about Bruce Lee, but Bruce Lee used to say, look, I'm pointing with the finger. Don't concentrate on the finger. You will miss all that heavenly glory. So that that's one of the things from the movie um, Enter the Dragon. And that... You know, it tells us to concentrate on the present. Be aware of where you're at right now. Be aware, sure, what you're going to do in the next second. You could think about that, too. Um, but the past will never change. The past will never change. I did what I did in the past. Even the way you think about it, you, you can't change the past. But the only thing that we have control 
is about how we're going to change the future by what we do today, by what we do right now. So while I'm writing this thing, I'm writing what, what, how am I going to inspire people that they are more than just, you know, um, they daily have it and that they could change the, the way they think to make it a better world rather than a lot of people are going around thinking more about what they hate rather than what they love. And that's incredible to me because I can't believe that people will go to a restaurant and say, listen, you know that, that sandwich that you make that I hate? Give me some of that. We, we don't do that. But yet people get up in the money and particularly in politics. I don't, I don't get into politics, but they get up already thinking about the other side of the hate. And I don't have to say red or blue, but think about that. People that get up, uh, yeah, I'm going to hate that other side. And they're constantly thinking about what they hate rather than what they love. And a lot of times they miss the people that are close to them because they're not paying attention to them. They rather concentrate on who I hate. Yeah, you're, you're focused on all the negative and you miss out on those positive moments that are happening. I heard a saying before that... Uh, somewhere on the internet that if you're worried about making it through a hard time, just reflect back on past hard times that you made through. Maybe you had a past experience that was really hard and you, and, and you have to sort of remind yourself, Hey, I made it through that time. I can make it again. I could do, get over this again. It's only temporary. Right. And, and you could, you know, nothing, everything, every moment that we have is a brand new moment. Uh, Pedro, you, your talk is happening on Tuesday, November 22nd at 6 p.m. at the Ethelbert B. Crawford Library. Uh, before we go, Pedro, is there anything else that we have not touched on that you want our listeners to know about? Well, I want everyone to have a good Thanksgiving. And, and I thank you for the opportunity. You see see how easy it is to say thanks? <laughs> I, I thank you for the opportunity to come on, on your show. And I'm really glad that you asked. And anyone that's listening to this, I'm Please come and see me live. I'm a lot funnier when I laugh. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I said very motivating words. And I said, uh, it's, uh, you helped me today. I can say that. Uh, thank you so much for talking to me, Pedro. I do really appreciate it. I said the talk is happening next Tuesday at the Ethelbert B. Crawford Library at 6 p.m. November 22nd. Uh, check out their website, Ethelbert uh, Library. is ebcpl.org. For more information, check out the events calendar, and you can see all the information about Pedro's uh, talk that's coming up November 22nd. Pedro, thank you so much for talking to us, uh, letting us know about your talk upcoming upcoming talk and and just your inspirational words for for today. So thank you so much. I really, do really appreciate it. Thank thank you for Radio Catskill. I'm Patricio Rabayo. And thank you so much, Patricio, for that report. Thank you for listening. This has been the local edition. And uh, Pedro also says that he is, of course, thankful for his wife and family. We'll be back tomorrow. This